Thanks for connecting with us. If God's using this ministry to bless you in any way, we would love to know about it. Send us an email to mystory@citylightsac.org. Today's message is from our series, The Struggle is Real. Prepare your heart to hear a word from God. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you this morning before we, uh, before I have you seated. And um, man, this song is just so fitting for that. Um, we're in Exodus chapter 14 this morning. What's happening here is that Moses is leading the Israelites out of Egypt, and this is them speaking. It says, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? They're, all, they're running. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt, hang me here, than a corpse in the wilderness. We're going to talk about this a little bit, but isn't it sometimes easier to go with what we're familiar with instead of walking into the unknown? Like sometimes we're more afraid of what's going to happen. We'd rather just go back to the trap that held us. And that's what the Israelites are saying is, hey, man, this is tough. Life is tough. Facing my fears is tough. So I'll just go back and I'll still be in bondage because at least I know what's going on there. At least I'll just stay in this relationship that's abusive because I guess this is all I deserve. I don't know that I can find anybody else. I don't know if it's okay with you, but I just feel like preaching this morning. Verse 13. But Moses told the people, I'm so grateful that God places good leaders in our life, that when we feel down and when we feel stuck, that they pull us out of the ditch and they just challenge us to go forward. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Somebody this morning, you've got something going on in your life, your work, your marriage, your kids. It's personal and and you're fearful of consequences. You're fearful of the future. You don't know. And Moses is telling you like he's telling me and I'm telling you, don't be afraid. Just stand still. How many of you know it's hard to be still sometimes? Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you. Did you know sometimes you can look back in your life and you can see where God moved? Are you grateful for a God that's invisible, but we visibly see his blessings on our life? The Egyptians you see today, the problems you face today, the fears you're going through today, you will never, they will never, you won't have to deal with it never be seen again. Is anybody excited to hear God's word this morning? Amen. You may be seen. Thank you, worship team. Sounds so good. Sounds so good. Thank you. Well, we're in week two of this uh, message series called The Struggle is Real. And I want to talk with you this morning about this idea, so far, so good. So far, so good. The struggle is real. And I I love that last song we did. And uh, I thought me and Derek sounded pretty good back there singing. We might, have to, well, we might do a choir in the second service, Derek, me, just me and you. The struggle is real. And, and this whole series, is this idea is that, man, there are so many things that we go through. There are so many things that we're facing um, that really there's just a real struggle going on. And we want to just identify that. We want to uh, claim it, and we want to face it, and we want to move past it. Um, pull up a picture of this right here. Does anybody know what this is? Oh, it's more than a cricket. It's straight from the pits of hell is what it is. They're called camel crickets, or uh, they're called cave crickets. Derek McCarter, our church plant intern, called them spider crickets. I absolutely, with every ounce in me, cannot stand these. In fact, when I looked this picture up this morning, I got like this sick feeling in my stomach just looking at this thing because these things are disgusting. They're, I know they're straight from the enemy himself, and it's a gadget he uses to tear God's children down. But I had to stand in victory today. 
saying that I am no longer a slave to the camel cricket. I am a child of God, and I will persevere. The house Ariel and I live in, my wife, we have like an unfinished basement, and we've got some stuff stored down there, but it's really moist and um, just because it's not completely finished. And I'm telling you, these things, um, I'm pretty sure that we populate all the camel crickets in the city of Clinton. They, they, they come from our house. And it's kind of like, uh, you, could go, you could go out on our porch at night. We've got a concrete porch as well. And with the lights off, and I'm t- it's like gross. Like just, my toes are squinched up right now. And you just kind of feel them running over your feet and jumping, you know. And what's weird is like every time you open the door, it's like there's a whole family of them getting ready to jump in. And so like we'd open the door and you'd see them jumping in. But there was a time when, um, recently, when we were redirecting our um, Wi-Fi cable under our, mm-hmm. our basement up into a new spot in our living room, because we got Netflix. Anybody have Netflix? It's a good investment. This is not a paid endorsement. However, Netflix, if you find this message, I would appreciate a discount. <laughs> and so I was down in our basement redirecting the wire, and man, they're just everywhere down there. And I'm talking like, this is probably like a life-size picture of the ones in our basement. Honestly, they're huge. They're just hanging on the wall. Really, really gross. And um, I was down there, and it's just gross anyway. It's one of those basements that's like, I mean, we're trying to make our kids like really afraid of like, don't even open that door because you don't know what's down there. <laughs> and she was like, hey, how's it going down there? And I was like, so far, so good. You know, I'm, I'm making it. I'm hanging in there. And then we made this decision recently that we were going to hire uh, like a pest control person to come and... Um, we got rid of those jokers, and I just wanted to tell you, I've never felt so good about killing anything in my life that we've not seen one since then, have we? So I, I can make a recommendation. If you have these things at your house, because this is way off track from the message, but these things also attract mice. So it's inevitable that if you have these, you're going to have mice. So I'd just like to, uh, I can help you with any of those problems. But all that to say, when, she, when I was down there and she was asking, how's it going? I was like, so far, so good. What I was saying was that I've got a ways to go to get this cable where it needs to be. I've got a ways to go to get to where my walk with Christ should be. I've got a ways to go to start seeing myself the way that God sees me. And did you know that when God looks at you, he sees you with the blood-covered cross that Jesus spilled. He sees you the exact same way. And so when someone asks, how's it going? We're like, so far, so good. That's really kind of a pessimist statement. And today I want to I break it into like an optimist. Like, man, so far it's so good and I've got a long way to go, but I know that it's going to be better. I know that it's going to be better. And as we kind of dive into this this morning, I want us to base these scriptures that we're looking at off this idea of, man, God's been, so far, He's been really good, but I know that it's going to get better. And so now when we say, so far, so good, we're not going to use it as like, well, I don't know what's coming, but we're going to say, man, God has been so far, He's been better than I can ever imagine. It's been so good. So good so far. I want to go back just a little bit. This is Exodus chapter 14, verse 12. We're still in the same, the same area of Scripture. The Egyptians, excuse me, the Israelites are saying, didn't we tell you this would happen? So they were in captivity. Moses is like, hey, I'm going to bring you out. They're going to face some problems because how many of you know sometimes when you come out of one area, it's not always smooth sailing. You're going to have more problems. He said, they said, didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Did you know there are people in my life for sure, perhaps people in your life, like they love just drowning in misery? Do you know what I mean? Like those Debbie Downers that like you could just be in the greatest mood ever and anytime you get around them, they're always like, wah, wah. You know, they just, 
Just let me just, just let me just be a slave to Egypt. Let me just sit here in my misery. I love having pity parties. That's basically what they're saying. Listen, it's better to be a slave. It's better to be a captive than what they say, corpse, dead in the wilderness, meaning having no idea where I'm going. And just for a moment, I want to talk with you about this idea, the comfort of familiar versus our future. And I just saw something this morning when I was kind of studying a little bit. And maybe you guys have seen it because you're probably much smarter than me. But I, I, I got to looking at this word, and I just noticed like the second part of it. Have you ever noticed that? The comfort of familiar versus our future. These Israelites, they found themselves in a situation where God was calling them to move forward, was calling them to step out of something that they were familiar with, that they were comfort with. And you, you do know that in your problems, you can get familiar and comfortable with those. Do you know any crazy people who they don't think they're crazy because they're just familiar with their mess? I've got some, Ariel and I have some people in our lives, and they're jacked up. They're jacked up. And, anytime, and like, it's so easy to see, but if you talk to them, they're just like, you know, just fine. Because they're familiar with it. If there becomes a level of comfort. And that's happening with the Israelites. They're, they found themselves in the captivity of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptians. And God is calling them through Moses to move forward, to step into the promised land, which he is you this morning. He's asking you to constantly get out of that level of familiarity and comfort, even with your walk. You know, sometimes it's really easy to get complacent. And your complacency will kill your calling. What God is calling you to do, as soon as you get complacent, you're basically, you, you are, you're cutting that off. That's with your work. That's with relationships. It's especially true with your walk with Christ. Because we get to this level sometimes where we have a little bit greater understanding. We have knowledge, but no wisdom. We have information, but we know no truth. And I want to just ask you this this morning. Don't, don't really add answer out loud, but just kind of inventory of yourself, diagnostic. Where have you found yourself in your life staying with what's familiar instead of pursuing the unknown? That's what God wants us to do. Is, is, as soon as we find this place of familiarity, He wants to challenge that and take us somewhere new. He wants to take us into a promised land. He wants to take us to a place that we've never been before. The comfort of familiar versus our future. A lot of times what I think is this. Now, God, he often calls us to reflect and remember, but it was just interesting to me that I saw this in here because, you know, a lot of times the enemy will tell you, no, you can't do that. You need to stay right here. And you can't get that promotion at that job. I mean, you can't even get that job. Man, listen, you can't afford to give. You just need to stay with what's familiar and hog it yourself. And I feel like, man... There's a lot of truth in that. And then I had to look and say, man, did I misspell that word? And I'm just putting it in there myself. But now I was like, no, that's sure enough, it's spelled right. The comfort of familiar often comes from the father of lies. And our future is truly when we learn to walk by faith and not by sight. And see, the Israelites, they were out of Egypt, but they were wandering in the wilderness and the promised land was so close. And I think a lot of times that's where we find ourselves with our walk in Christ is we've overcome something. We're in this area that's not familiar. God has a future for us, but we get so stuck here because we don't know where to go. And we say, man, just take me back. At least I know where I'm at. Just take me back there. Just take me back. Does that make sense to anybody? As we look back through some verses, this is verse 13. 
But Moses told the people, see, listen, man, you need some people in your life that won't let you be complacent, that won't, be, that won't let you be lazy, that won't let you be apathetic. You need some people that will challenge you. And most of the time, when you have that person in your life, if they're sincere and genuine, your spirit, excuse me, your flesh will buck up against that because you don't want to hear it because you want to stay where you're familiar. If I'm making sense to anybody this morning, but if I'm my own self, I need you to communicate with me, okay? Let's talk. Let's have church. Let's not just come in here and be stiff-necked, okay? Am I speaking to anybody? Derek, you? Yeah, Bar, thank you. All right. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Something I think this verse is speaking is that there are sometimes the only things that God can do. That we get ourselves in such situations, even when it's our fault, that only God can rescue us. We can't get out of it. Have you ever been in a situation like that? where it, It's one thing when I feel like something is done to me. It's not really hard for me to go to God and be like, hey, I need your help. I need your grace here. I need your guidance. But it's another thing when I put myself in that position, because then I feel guilty about going to him and say, hey, I need you to help me, even though I've done this to myself. I know I've prayed a thousand times that I would never do this to you, and here I am again. I know I said that I would read my Bible every day, but now I'm asking for you to give me some more desire. I know I made this commitment to my church, but I backed out. And there are just some things only God can do. And that's faith, and that's confidence and boldness and knowing that it's not just about who you are, but it's whose you are. Yeah, I'm Peyton, but I'm a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to my fear, to my sin, to my past. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. Today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Verse 14. I love this. The Lord himself will fight for you. Did you know that you have someone fighting for you? It's really easy for us to just get caught up in the natural for what we see because it's really the only way that we can see is just in the natural. We see what's going on around us. We're so caught up in this election that we forget that it's not about who's going into the White House, but it's about who's sitting on God's throne. There's no Christians in here because you would have said amen if you were Christians, so I'm glad I'm speaking to a bunch of lost people. <laughs> the Lord himself will fight for you. He is fighting for those of us who are in Christ. And it says, just stay calm. Anybody have a problem staying calm? You get anxious, you get antsy, you feel like, hey, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. God, you're not going to do this, so I've got to figure out a way to do it myself. Verse 15, then the Lord said to Moses, this is, so it's kind of contradictory here. Why are you crying out to me? So Moses just said, the nation of Israel, just be still and be calm and pray about it. And God's like, whoa, why are you, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. I said contradictive, but there's actually, there's no contradiction in Scripture I said it the way you can understand, but there is tension. So this man of God, Moses, who he chose to lead the people of Israel, stands before them and says, hey, don't be afraid. Today God's going to rescue you. You just stay calm and be still and pray about it. In the very next verses, God's like, whoa, what? Tell the people to get moving. So there's a time to pray. And there's a time to act. Pull that up for me. She's locked in back there with me. She was like, preach it, brother. <laughs> there's a time to pray and a time to act. 
this could sound really weird, but did you know it could be disobedient if all you did was ever pray about something when God's telling you to move? What if I told you that just praying could be disobedient? Moses saying, hey, just be calm. Just, just st stand still and watch God rescue you. And that's true. That's truth. But then God, the very next verse, and I love this, because see, that's my problem. Sometimes I'm trying to say, do I need to be still or should I go? Like, God, are you going to do this or what are you expecting from me? And I think there's a time for both. We certainly, we pray, God, I need you to do this. I need, to, I need you to do what only you can do. Or I need you to show me how to do this. See, in a lot of ways, I feel like this is a picture of salvation because we are saved by faith through what? Okay. We are saved. You're, that's the right answer, but let's say it a little bit louder. We are saved by faith through grace. grace. Yeah. So there's two parts there, right? So it takes our faith and God's grace. So when God speaks to us, which you should know this if you don't, let me tell you, you don't wake up and choose to follow Jesus without him first speaking to your heart. So like on your best day, you didn't wake up and say, you know what, I decided to follow Jesus today. <laughs> no, he spoke to your heart first. He first loved you. So there's really like, there's this God's part. He does what only he can do, and that's his, he extends the grace. But then we have a part in salvation as well where we respond by faith. In a lot of ways, that's what's happening here is, is God is extending grace because remember he told Moses, hey, you're going to go get the people out of, out of Pharaoh's hands in Egypt and you're going to take them to the promised land. So when God speaks something, we don't need to put a question mark after it. We just believe what he spoke. There's the grace. And so then the faith is, he's telling them, hey, why are you just standing there? I've already spoke it. Get moving. Although he says, this is a New Living Translation, he says, tell the people to get moving. Why? Because complacency kills your calling. The enemy would love for you to, take me back to that very first point, uh, from the comfort of familiar. Because the, the enemy would love for you to be familiar because he's a, take me back, there's a time to pray and there's a time to act. So a lot of times this is a tension for me. Like, when, do I, when should I just pray or when do I act? When do I trust God and when do I respond in faith? Well, I think it's a combination, and I'm going to break it down as elementary as I can for you. If you can do it, then you need to act on it. If you want a, a better job, it's kind of like this. God may speak to the person hiring you, but you've got the ability to fill out the application. I meet people all the time. They're like, I'm just looking for a better job. What are you doing? Well, I'm just praying about it. Well, good luck, bro. <laughs> good luck. Good luck with that. Let me know how that goes. So there's a time to pray. Matter of fact, the Bible says to pray without ceasing. It means we never stop. And just so we're clear, prayer is just communicating with God. It's not this fancy, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's just talking to Him. But if there's something in your life, for example, your sin, your past, a thought you can't get past, then you pray and ask God. But I would almost guarantee 99% of the time in our lives, in your lives, 
There's a time for you to pray and there's a time for you to act. And you're sitting around saying, God, I'm just waiting on you. And he's like, you need to get moving. You need to get moving. Don't, don't wait around on me. And I mean, honestly, there, there's a pastor of a, a church in North Carolina, Elevation Church, and, and it's pretty, it's, uh, it can be taken very arrogantly if you don't understand what he's saying, but he says, he told his church, he said, hey, we're not waiting on a movement of God. We are a movement of God. And really, that's what's happening here at City Lights, and I'm just wondering, like, are we, first off, I'm wondering what we even pray for our church. You know, do, do we pray for our church? Like, are we praying for a movement, or are there things that we're doing to act on that? Are we praying for a blessing, or are we being a blessing? I could preach on this all day. <laughs> 11 o'clock service is going to be getting out a little late today. <laughs> There's a time to pray and a time to act. And I believe this. I believe when we act, when we put our actions to our prayer, that's when we can say, man, so far, so good. Could you imagine if Pharaoh came to me and was like, hey, I need you to go down to the basement and change that Wi-Fi cable and drill a hole up here. And I'd be like, well, I'm just, let me pray about that. Let me pray about that, babe. That would have been not so far for me and not so good for me. It's only when we act. It's only when we act. Carrying on. This is verse 16. Isn't the struggle real to know, like, when should I pray and when should I move? I mean, the struggle is real, right? Like, what do I do? He tells Moses, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. So here's this continuation. Hey, you got to get moving, man. You've got a responsibility in this. Did you know sometimes just prayer can be an excuse for you to be apathetic? And sometimes you'll use prayers to make it seem like you're really spiritual. How's that going? I'm just, man, I'm, I'm praying about that, Pastor. I'm, I'm really praying about it. Praying hard. When was the last time you prayed? Well, uh, I'm just praying real hard about it. You can <laughs> trust me. Trust me. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Listen, divide the water so the Israelites, did you know, man, good Lord. Did you know sometimes God's going to have you do something that doesn't just bless you, but it's going to bless other people, and your disobedience not only robs you of your blessing, but curses other people? You don't even know how fast my heart is beating right now because I just feel the anointing on this. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Listen, he says, and I will harden, next verse, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. Man, theologically, this is deep right here. This is deep. And I will harden their hearts. And they will charge in. He's telling them, hey, the enemy's going to come. You're going to do some things. You're going to pray, and I'm going to tell you to move. And it's still going to feel like they're right on your tail. And they will charge in after the Israelites. Listen, my great glory. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops. Let me hear. His chariots and his charioteers. This is amazing. Because see, sometimes we feel like God gets the glory in our, in our victories. Did you know even in someone else's defeat, God gets the glory? Like God gets the glory when a baby is born, but he also gets the glory on 9-11. God gets the glory on the day you say I do. 
And if you let him, God gets the, the glory on the day you decide to separate from him. God said, my glory will be displayed through Pharaoh. And this is kind of like theologically, it's so deep. I'm going to harden his heart, but I'm going to get the glory from it. What does that even mean, man? What what does that mean? I'm really asking, I don't know. I'm kidding. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and my glory will be displayed through them. Why? Because God had a plan for Moses and the nation of Israel. God has a plan for you, and there's going to be people that come across your life, and you're going to have to walk through them. You're going to have to walk over them. And we're not going to go around it, right? We're going, to, we're going to go through them. He said, you're going to go right through the middle. God doesn't want you to go around or above. He wants you to go through. Right? Remember, we, we talked, I'm not going to just get through this. I'm going to make it through this. Amen? If you weren't here, you need to listen to the podcast. My great glory will just be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers, verse 18. When my glory is displayed, because his glory will be displayed at all cost, at any cost. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory. Did you know that no matter what happens on Tuesday, someday, sometime, his perfect timing, like a thief in the night, all of America will see God's glory. All of the world will see it. When my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory. Why? And know that I am the Lord. Why does God do what He does? So that we may know who He is. Verse 19. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of cloud also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and Israelite camps because sometimes God's going to do some things. He's going to create some space in your life that you need. As darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. I love how descriptive the Bible is. I mean, you should just read. It's really good. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Continue. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water. Do you see this? Here, here it is again. There's a time to pray. There's a time to act. There's grace and there's faith. So Moses raised his, raised his hand, but God created the path. And the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew that. All, excuse me. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. Gosh, just for a few more moments, how many of you know that God provides the path? God provides the path. See, He challenges us to raise our hand and to raise our staff and to claim our faith and say, God, I know you're going to do this, but I'm going to do my part too. I'm not going to be just lazy and say, I'm going to pray about it, but I'm going to act upon it. Man, the struggle is real, God, because I don't know if I should just, if I should stay calm or if I should get moving. But until I know exactly what they're going to do, I'm going to do the only thing that I can do. And that is what I can do. I'm going to move. I'm not going to sit still. I'm not going to be complacent. The enemy would love for you to do that. I can't tell you how many Christians, perhaps in this room, or that will be listening to this podcast at a later date, they really feel like they're being spiritual because they're praying about it. But God's like, no, get up and move. What are you doing? What are you doing? See, it's God who provides the path. But listen, you can't come across the path just by praying. 
I mean, listen, Moses and the Israelites, they could have never just made it to the to the sea if they were like, yeah, man, I'm going to have to pray about how, I'm going to have to pray about that, how I get over there. I don't know. I love that song we sang because that bridge said, you know, you split the sea so I could walk right through it, man. God is, he is making some ways for you where it seems there is no other way. And here's something else to, to be known. God is making those ways, but you can miss the way if you don't follow the way. It's the same, it's the same is true for the nation of Israel. They've been pulled out of captivity. You gotta remember their mindset. I'm just so grateful that Moses led a group of people who were stubborn. Pastors never have to do that, by the way, just so you know. He pulled these people out of captivity. He knew where God wanted them to go. They got complacent in the wilderness and they wanted to go back to familiarity. How many of you this morning, you've been pulled from something, you're stirring in the wilderness and you have this inkling that you've got this big obstacle that you've got to cross? And you're like, man, I don't, should I pray? Should I move? Should I, do I just need to be still? Or do I need to get up and move? The struggle is real. The struggle is real. And here's what I want to challenge you to be thinking about. If God provides the path, if He provides the path, then it must mean, it must mean, got to follow him through that path I can't just stand over here and pray about it I've got to get up and do something did you know that this was another message that I taught on called uh, I can't remember but it was really good um, no it was direction I'm just kidding I remember it it was called I didn't for a minute but direction triumphs hope I think that truth is very applicable now if you get on Charles Sears Boulevard, you pull left out of the Clinton Physical Therapy Center, and you get to the interstate, and you can go south or north. And your plan is, I'm going to Emory Road for lunch. I'm going there. I'm going to Emory Road for lunch. And you head up towards the interstate, and you cross over the bridge, and you take a left on 75 North. I don't care how bad you hope to get to Emory Road you will not make it because your direction triumphs your hope. I hope to make it through this. Well, you need to keep hoping because your direction determines your destiny. Man, I feel like preaching this morning. God provides the path and His provision comes for His people. His people were the, was the nation of Israel and today His people are those who have the Spirit of God in them. And so when you get up and you leave here today and you reflect and you think, man, I hope you take this with you. God, take it with you. Don't just leave it here. It's too good to leave here. That you would reflect and say, man, so far, so good, Lord. So far, so good. And I trust you because you've brought me so far and it's been so good. And God, I know that the struggle is real because sometimes I just sit when I should be moving. Sometimes I'm moving when I need to be praying. 
And so help me wrestle with that tension. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that we can look to an old story in Exodus and God, it can become real today. 2016. God, we know the struggle is real, that there are so many things that we need to face and overcome and help us understand the tension that there's a time for us to pray and there's a time for us to move. And and God, just like the nation of Israel, we often get familiar with the things that we're comfortable about, but show us that we've got a future, Lord. God, we declare in the name of Jesus that when we raise our hand and we declare that victory, that you split the sea so we can walk right through it that we're no longer slaves to our fear, to our sin, to our past, to our oppressions, to our thoughts and to our minds, but we are a child of God, robed in majesty. And that means that we are a co-heir to the throne. And someday, Lord, someday, what we've done this morning is what we'll do for an eternity and worship you. God, we declare it, we believe it, because you spoke it. God, help show us that when your grace and our faith collide, miracles happen. Miracles happen. It's in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray, we believe, and we act these things this morning. Amen. Church, if you receive that, will you celebrate with me this morning? Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. We'd love to stay connected with you for the week. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching at City Lights AC. Thanks again, and join us soon.